Design Podcast by two guys who know nothing about comedy nor game design. I'm Ben Slinger and with me as always is Trevor Scott. Hello. Hey, hey. And hey, Trevor, grab your chalk tops. Yeah, and grab your popcorn, Ben. Because we're going to do movie, movie night. night. <laughs> That's right. So what we're doing tonight is we are using our random movie generator. Well, not generator. Our random movie selector. Yes. Uh, it, and it picks we- from like the top, like- <laughs> 10,000 movies of a selection of 10,000 movies anyway. <laughs> I don't think this is the top. <laughs> Maybe not the top. We do get some weird ones sometimes. Uh, but what we're going to do is we're going to take either the titles or the, you know, potentially even the full concept of the movie uh, and make video games from them. Mm. Like we always do. We all, It's always about making video games. It's just where we get our prompts from. Tonight it's movies. Mm. Yes. So three to one movie. Yeah, let's do it. Click, clack, 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 clack. All right. Oh, look, I here's have. one that I didn't get earlier. <laughs> here's one I prepared earlier. Uh, Pixar's Soul from 2020. Okay. I've got a movie from 2014 called Mockingbird. Oh, okay. Uh, I'll give What's you the synopsis about? because no one's heard of this film. Um, no. A couple are given a camera and a set of instructions which they must follow or else someone will die. Ooh, interesting. And that, to me, sounds like the makings of a video game. Maybe maybe the way that we combine the two is just that something to do with, like, they're trying to capture a soul on the camera or something. Yeah, I do like that. So, use the, use the camera to capture someone's soul. Yes. Or, or like, a lost soul or something. Yeah. Yeah. But, no, I like, I like, I like the idea of a creepy game using the, the sort of camera mechanic. You know, I mean, the Fatal Frame has been done in that way. Yeah. So, we can veer away from that. But it's never been a- done in VR. Ooh. Where you've actually got a camera in your hand and you're, like, you're looking around the room. Yeah. Have there been many games that have used that mechanic No, I like- Because it feels like- Because I really like that idea of you look around the room, but then to actually see something, you have to look into the viewfinder. You have room. to look through, yeah, or at least through the, like, the screen on the camera or something. Yeah. So, you get that sort of feeling of, there's nothing there, but then when you look through the camera, whichever hand you you have it in, it's like, oh, shit, no, there is something there, and that's absolutely fucking terrifying. That, you know. Well, and it gives you, it very much gives you, it limits your perspective of, on, like, you have to move into the right position, sort of, to be able to see uh, through that lens well enough, mm. poten- you know, potentially just because you've sort of, you've got that line of your sight through the- Through the line of sight of the camera, yeah. To what you're doing. So, you can't sort of, yeah, it's it's just got that added, uh, mecha- you know- Added uh, tunnel vision. Mo- movement <laughs> there, I guess. Yeah, yeah. So, that's fun. Okay. So, it was a couple in yours. A couple that given the camera. I kind of- I do like the idea of this being a co-op only game. Ooh, yeah. I feel like that's not that much in VR either. Do you both have a camera or only one of you has the camera? I wonder I if you li- have to pass I like it the idea that you have- you have one camera. And then you could perhaps- you could have some scenes where you're split up, but one person's- like in the security booth or something, like looking through other cameras, you know, you could use cameras in different ways and use yep. different cameras, fixed cameras and that sort of thing. But yeah, there's only the one, uh, the portable camera. Cause I've got to say, like, it's, it's scary enough being in there by yourself. But if I could be in, in a scary game with someone else, yeah, like that I might actually play and it might get me even more like scared, but I kind of want to, 
play it because it's well i lo- i kind of love the idea of uh, yeah, a a co-op horror game where <laughs> the other person who's in the next room might move and knock something over and that scares you like you're literally creating your own jump scares between the two of you <laughs> yeah especially if you know you got you got a nice set of um a nice set of uh rather than you know having pure voice control um I like the idea of there being like an easy cheat system that it discourages the use of Discord or something like that. So you can't right. have that continuous connection. Yeah. You play the like proximity based audio because yeah, there's I something you- about that, 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 you know, at the very least you'd want to encourage it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, for, for, oh, in fact, you could even have it just as a, um, just as a like setting within the game. Like if you, if you could say, this was a quest exclusive. You could actually have it in there, in there saying that, you know, for the most part, we're going to use Oculus's like communication protocol and all this sort of stuff. But, um, for the real, for the real immersive mode, use proximity mode, which, yeah. you know, still uses that, but only allows it when you, when you're sort of close and it otherwise attenuates like all yeah. the voice and, and yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, positional Basically audio is, makes it- is key and all this sort yeah. of stuff. So brings it into the world, makes it. Is it diegetic? Is that the word where it's like, it's more like what you actually hear instead of being sort of meta? Yeah. Speaking to them in the meta realm, the metaverse. Uh, <laughs> As it is now the meta quest. <laughs> it's true. Uh, yeah, no, I like that. It, it, particularly, yeah, having that immersive proximity mode, you know, c- I can imagine hearing someone like, because you have jump scares anywhere like that in VR. Can you imagine hearing someone else's jump scare from across the room and realizing maybe like, oh, they're the one with the camera. Like, I can't see what's coming right now. Like, and having to yell out to them to like, come and get me or whatever. <laughs> Are you uh, okay cool. in there? Please, please be okay. And, and Well, that's cool too if you're using the proximity because the game could could give them, could remove their ability to speak. Because uh, can you imagine yelling? And but like you've got some indicator on there or something that that says you cannot be heard. Uh, yeah, you cannot be heard. <laughs> it's something flashing just right in the middle of not it, right in the middle of your eye. So it's like right there. <laughs> but I'm saying back a little bit so that it's some sort of indicator. Yeah. Um. Um. That's that's cool. Yeah. So I'm almost picturing a horror VR. It takes two in a way mm. where. You, you do take on these different roles and you need to combine to solve the puzzles. Yes. Uh, so, like, and obviously involving the camera in a lot of different ways. But like it takes two, you could use different aspects of the camera in different levels hmm. to uh, to ha- to really mix up the puzzles of the gameplay. So, like, in some it could be, oh, okay, looking through the viewfinder to, like, follow ectopa- ectoplasmic trails and then sometimes you get ghosts that jump out or whatever and you have to- Kill them yeah. or whatever, you know, whatever that is. In another one, you're, then- you're traveling through a through a house and you've only got the flash bulb. Well, and- that's, yeah, the flash was the next one that I was going to say that. Oh, you've you've got to use the flash to even just like whether it's to to scare off ghosts or to illuminate areas that you can then you know yeah. that that they'd have to stay illuminated so you can uh, get through get around them. But um-, um, I like the idea that at one stage in the game you go back to like you know, the 1980s and you've got like Polaroid cameras or whatever. And, you know, so you know, just that, or just that whether you travel back in time or just that for that level, that's the only camera that's available to you. Like you've lost something's taken away the other camera. Mm. So yeah, it's, 
it's not that just that you get you don't get that real time view. You literally have to like figure out Move, what to do. You have to by- actually put it up to your eye so you can look through the viewfinder and like. Well, no, I think I think even then. Yeah, but that's that's and, to know you what can, you're taking photos of, and then you and have that's to, to know actually take your photos of. You know, but then you take it, and you have to wait for it to see. Yeah, to see oh, what's there. Oh, and you know, there's obviously you've only got so many shots. Well, yeah, before yeah, you got to reload, collect the film. <laughs> um, yeah, I like that. Obviously, it couldn't be fast-paced gameplay in that that situation. It would have to be tense as all more fuck. of a creeping, <laughs> creeping dread. Uh, yeah, creeping dread. <laughs> that, then, yeah, that classic song like, by Metallica, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, but I can I can picture that like you you've got an empty doorway in front of you, but you know that you can't go through there unless you see what's there, and you you wait. This thing slowly appears, and it's like this fucking dripping moor with guards next to it. I don't know, you know, you, something super creepy. Now you wouldn't do the typical. Um, the typical weight of a, of a Polaroid, which is a good three to four minutes. Oh no, no, it, it'd have to be just like twenty 10 seconds. seconds or something. Yeah. Twenty seconds, but it feels like forever. But yeah, not in not compared to real life. <laughs> and I guess you'd have to understand. I guess you have to figure out where that tension is coming from. Then is it maybe that you're running a, you'd be running away from something, so you know, like, so you're, you're basically playing up the risk of. There might be something on the, you know, at this entrance to this door. I could, we could just run through it, um, and risk getting immediately attacked or something. And like, you know, you can only do that so many times. You lose your, your health or something, or you can, you can take the picture, be cautious, wait for it to go. But all the while, you've got something kind of slowly creeping behind you. Maybe like a it follows style, mm-hmm. slow walking creature that you can look back and see how far it is. You know, it's not going to get any faster. But also, you know, you can't just keep moving away from it. That's cool. It's kind of insane. <laughs> I'm just That's thinking creepy. about- One thing I don't like about a lot of these um, horror games out there is, as you said, the health. I'm sort of like, uh, sort of turning me off. Like, I, yeah. I like the idea of, say, if you think about fear, like the, game, the original game, yeah. fear that the ghost and the scary stuff- wasn't the stuff that was going to kill you because that was that was just for giving you the psychological fear sort of stuff, but it was more actual enemies in the game that were actually going to do the damage to you. I guess you'd have to figure out how then in a game like this, like what the actual challenge is. I, I think you could with- get away with like telling a good story that is done through. You have to capture, you know, the ghost in this in this particular area. You know, cat- capture the soul on on film, yeah. and it's and it's like that's part of the challenge that you're following the instructions as to kind of like a phasmophobia, but without the um without the possibility of of actually of dying. being killed. I guess it's just I guess it's figuring out where the tension comes from. Then, like, there needs to be some sort of like if it if the if we want tension in this Polaroid's taking twenty, you seconds can still to- fail. Like, you can still fail this section. Yeah. I think, you know, that adds to, you know, a potential different ending to the game or something like that. Like, because, you know, you kind of just ran through this whole place. You weren't taking any photos, but, you know, the the ghost, you know, escapes or or wasn't yeah. captured and therefore, you know. I think the other way to go with that, because I agree, just like, oh, I got attacked by a ghost and lost a quarter of my health. 
uh, isn't great, that maybe it's the other direction where it's it's one hit failure. Like, if you get caught by a ghost, you're fucked. But they move relatively slowly. You've got a sense of, like, they're, or they, like they stay in the one spot unless disturbed or something. And so you're almost mapping out the hazards from the Polaroids. And, uh, and what you could then do is have, like, ghost traps that basically they've set- that if you walk if you walk through this, it's sort of like, oh, look, it's it's like a it's a ghostly um, chime or something like that. So if I walk through through this way, right. yeah, I'll, I'll set off this chime and they'll they'll know where I am. And it's about mapping yeah. mapping yeah. through the doorways which way to go. And when you get into the room, it's like, okay, don't step through here because this shadow on the floor is actually a ghost chair that if you knock over, they're gonna. Uh, yeah, look, I think there's. It would take some interesting balance, but I like the the overall idea of the camera based VR game horror gameplay. That's really cool. All right, let's move on. Three, to two, one. Moving on to a movie. Movie, my number two. God, <laughs> Malibu Rescue. Okay, Cosmic you- Sin from twenty twenty one. Okay, this one's from twenty nineteen. I want you to try to guess the name of. The uh, the elite junior lifeguard from Malibu Rescue. Can you guess the name of the main character? Ooh, Blake. Close. It's along those lines. (laughs) Delarque. Not that close. Um, One more guess. One more guess. uh, Brad. No, Tyler. Tyler. Yeah. 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 Very much. But, okay. What was yours? Cosmic? Cosmic Sin. Okay. I'm always getting a, what was it, fucking nippers? <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> um, nobody's going to get that reference, but I really like the idea of combining the cheesy, stupid teen life, sexy lifeguard teen, whatever, yep. with a cosmic, cosmic horror. A cosmic threat. Yep. Yeah. Um, some Yeah, some sort of fucking Cthulhu-esque something or I don't know. Yeah. So let's just say the cosmic sin is um it's a Bruce Willis vehicle and if you know what really? he's been doing recently it's not very good because his um yeah his mind hasn't quite been the same. Well so yeah he's I know been doing he's been a lot sick, of but- uh in the year 2524 four centuries after humans started colonizing the outer planets retired general James Ford Gets called back into service with a, when a hostile alien fleet attacks soldiers on a remote planet. The threat against mankind soon escalates into an interstellar war as Ford and a team of soldiers try to stop the imminent attack, bo- attack before it's too late. All right. Well, so none of that. Okay, I, I, and no, go back well, to your. Well, well, wait. Some <laughs> aspects of it because when a long list of shenanigans lands Tyler in hot water, he's forced to suit up and spend his summer training for an elite junior lifeguard program. To fight back the cosmic forces that come out from the ocean every 200 years. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, essentially, I want this character, to, I want this to be this asshole teen joins this new lifeguard program. He, like, he doesn't want to be there, blah, blah, blah. He gets to know people. But the reason that they are all there is because there is, yeah, there's this, like, every 200 years, the ocean erupts into- you know, these these hor- horrific beings that all come out and try to- And they're their last line of defense against them. But, of course, maybe maybe they've actually forgotten when when this is supposed to happen. Or it's around every 200 years, but they're not sure 
Or may, yeah, but maybe they do have to figure out. They don't know the exact date. They know that there's a cycle. They know that for six generations or whatever, like it's been passed down, but obviously information gets lost in that amount of time. Yeah. Uh, I love this idea. I, I just- Yeah, I, this is great. And, and and the fact that it's like these lifeguards, they're not there to save like the lives of people in- in the in the ocean, that's just something that they've they've added into their their thing. Really, they're lifeguards because they they guard life of life. They on guard Earth. life on Earth. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like <laughs> okay, all right. I love the premise. Um, what sort of gameplay is this? Third person. I mean, there's, I'm thinking there's definitely an aspect of yeah. I mean, we could just go sort of third person adventure sort of thing because there's obviously going to be the whole period of the even trying to figure out when it's coming. I guess, it, like, we could do that. We could just go down, oh, you've got a, you know, it's it's a very, it's a dramatic character story. You're trying to figure out the date, this sort of thing. Or we could obviously keep the premise, have it all explained in, like, a comic book intro, and then the game itself is, wa- like, almost waves of these things coming and you have... Like you're building up your skills over time and stuff. You've got skill trees and things, or you've got almost, not quite a roguelike, but like a you know a bit more gamey. I so suppose. what I was thinking is that you could have like that comic book intro showing that you know this is this is what um, lifeguards have done over you know over the centuries and all this sort of stuff. Then you open up the game and it's like you're being taught like some of the typical life saving skills and it's, and it's about saving people from the ocean and all this sort of stuff. And then there's a part that is like, and if this happens, like what you need to do is you need to, you know, take off these people's, these, um, these creatures heads and make sure that you, you put them into the pedestals at the base, at the base of the lifeguard tower or something like that. It's like, well, what's this? It's like, yeah, this is never going to happen. But <laughs> like, it's just, yeah, this is one of the I like things introducing that we all, it like that. We all have to, we all have to learn this. Um, yeah, if if the if the if the water is clear from danger and someone is drowning, you know, put a put a life jacket on them and bring them back to the ocean. If, however, you see dark tentacles rising from the deep, sacrifice the child to the to the sea god. Because it's the and- only way you will get back alive and, <laughs> and pr- immediately proceed to start the ritual of, <laughs> of protection. <laughs> and look, if you can do it, just cut out their heart. Like, it'll help with the ritual a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Like, what? It's like, it, it'll never happen. We, th- this is just, it's been passed out for generations. It'll never happen. And then the first mission is literally you're just, you're going and saving some people from drowning and like some people having a fight on the beach. And then, you know, at the end of that, end of that first wave, then there's tentacles rising from, from. Yeah. And, you know, you save the kid. You don't, you don't sacrifice them. Right. But then that sets off the whole, like that causes problems. Yeah. Um, okay. But I, I like the idea that from then on, it's sort of like you're, you're going down and you know, okay, this could happen at any time that there's, there's actual stuff and your character could actually be freaking out and everyone else is like, oh, okay, I guess we've got to do it. Cause they all just, you know, they blindly believe in this whole thing and you, you being Tyler is like, yeah, not believing in it. Okay. So. I, I like all of that. I do want to, I do still want to keep it pretty gamey in the actual. So what I'm always picturing is you've got area, you've got, um, segments on the beach and it is just third person or like in the lifeguard tower or whatever. And you've got, that's sort of where your exposition is happening and 
you can have some relationship stuff. But then I think you get you have like your shift on the beach. You've got a certain area that you're responsible for. I think it does stay third person while you're on the beach, so you're having to like look out and spot problems. Oh, but you can you can go into first person with binoculars. I think. Yeah, you can go into first person vehicles, but then I'm thinking when you go out into the water, the camera actually rises up into a more top down sort of mm-hmm. view. And now you've. You can see the shadows under the, under the water. You can like, see the shadows under the water. You can kind of see what you need to avoid, where you need to get to. Maybe there's some like techniques around, uh, rec- like recognizing currents or swimming against currents or, you know, that you can boost a bit of extra speed, but you've got your stamina, like, and you're sort of trying to manage these different things to. Save the people. And, you know. and then later on, you know, you've got to be up in the lookout tower and you're looking around going, okay, this area is safe over here for the moment. There's a lot of dark spots over here with tentacles rising from here, but we can put the flags over here so people can swim between the flags. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You can do a bit of that. Um, because people are still but, swimming. They don't, they, they don't care about, oh, yeah. about the otherworldly horror because, you know. Well, maybe they didn't even see them. Maybe, like, the reason- you know, that you have even been picked here is because you're one of the last of the bloodline of people who can <laughs> who can actually do this job or something. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, that you then have techniques of, like, oh, if you're rescuing a child and you're getting too close to the dark shadows, you know, tentacles are coming up, just bleed them a bit. <laughs> like, it will, it will, it will uh, satisfy them enough for you to get back to, back to, uh, back to shore. Uh, and, yeah, bring in these different ritualistic kind of, things in this satirical kind of uh, tongue-in-cheek kind of way. Yeah. But, yeah, I'm definitely thinking a lot of game gameplay-ish gameplay, if that yeah, makes yeah, sense. Yeah. Like, arcade, almost arcade in a way, or just, like- arcade and it just gets stupider and stupider as it goes along, like- Yeah, and you just you get new <laughs> tools or new, you know, it's like, oh, now you've got a jet ski, but- uh, Be careful, know, can- um, be, be careful, because, you know, the Cthulhu beans can now- you know, walk on land, <laughs> like <laughs> yeah, or something. Yeah, if, they're, they're, if the, du- if the dark get spots better. get too close, you know, they can walk on land or they can sacrifice most of the people on the beach, like if they're left to their own devices. So you just just you know, take them out. So yeah, I think you d- you've literally got like oh, it's okay, it's a five minute round or something, and you've just got to save as many kids as you can and, and fend off creatures with the different techniques you've used. And then even, like, you get paid for it and then you can buy new things. Like, you can upgrade your jet ski to go faster and, you know, bring in some of those sorts of things where you're making choices about what tools you're going to have as these things get more vicious and different types come up. Um, Yeah, you get the land walkers and you're literally having to fight them off and people are running away screaming because all they see is you, like, coming out with a weird weapon that- That glows and- Orange sand. (laughs) Whatever it is. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. What about the other lifeguards? Do they see this or is it only like the old the old sort of lifeguard that that is like he's seeing it, uh, but he's he's also like, Oh, you're one of the chosen ones. <laughs> like Yeah, it could be that. It could be that. Because I think that brings in- Because I, I want to definitely keep a lot of the, tr- the tropes of like, oh, he's this complete asshole when he gets there. But, you know, he comes to he gets comes to see the value of being a nice person and, you know, probably has a love interest and, and whatever. But, yeah, like, the love interest doesn't see this stuff and thinks you're going crazy. And so, you have some tension there. 
What uh, if the love interest was one of the Cthulhu beings? <laughs> 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 the first day out, you lock eyes with a... <laughs> You lock lock eyes with all fifteen eyes of a you know creature that comes up from the deep. Yeah, the Cthulhu princess is like, yeah, and then they're running towards each other as like there's all these people like, getting disemboweled on the, the beach, flinging like r- like turning their head and flinging their tentacles back in the <laughs> in the in the ocean spray. <laughs> That's so good. I like that, actually. I think we keep that bit for sure. That's so cool. <laughs> cool. Uh, God's fun one. Three, two, one. Movie. It's a movie marathon. Man of the house. Erzuli. E-R-Z-U-L-I-E. This is- This was released last week. <laughs> wow. <laughs> the 14th of June. 2022. A reunion between four friends quickly goes awry when they find themselves face to face with Azuli, the swamp mermaid goddess. Okay, cool. <laughs> uh, Texas Ranger Roland Sharp is assigned to protect the only witnesses to the murder of a key figure in the prosecution of a drug kingpin, a group of university te- University of Texas cheerleaders. Sharp must now go undercover as an assistant cheerleading coach and move in with the young women. Oh, God. Tommy and Lee one Jones. Of them is the Swamp Mermaid Goddess. Um, I mean, Swamp Mermaid Goddess almost feels too similar to the last game uh, in that way, but um, we could take it in a different direction. Yep. Uh, yeah, like, who, wait, what, so what is his- Who is he that he has to move in with a bunch of cheerleaders? Uh, Texas Ranger. He's a brain- Oh, my God. Okay. Assigned to protect the only witnesses to the murder of a key figure. Azuli. Oh. The- <laughs> Azuli the Swamp Man. <laughs> okay, actually, I like that. It's like a mismatched pair sort of thing. The odd couple. The odd couple kind of thing, but one is a, is a Swamp Mermaid goddess and the other is a Texas Ranger having to protect her because she needs to testify. Yeah. Uh, um, what's she testifying against? Like, mob bosses? A mob boss who, who drowned a guy in her swamp? Like, who, sure. Who has drowned many guys in her swamp. Yeah. yeah. Um, um, and she's got she's the collection got of concrete the shoes. <laughs> if the shoe fits. <laughs> well, I think she just she knows all the dates. She knows all the- <laughs> There's, There is a twist. There is a, like- there's a slight conflict of interest, though, because him dropping all those bodies there was feeding her mm-hmm. yep. and made her strong enough to even, you know, be able to escape from the swamp. So, yeah, it, it gave her enough of, enough human facial features or enough human features to to then be able to live above water. <laughs> right. Yeah. Because she needed human DNA to to approximate lungs and all those. Sorts yeah. Of things. Yeah. Um, is she still got the tail? Like, is this almost a bit of splash in here? <laughs> If she gets wet with swamp water, but only swamp water. <laughs> if, she, if she gets rancid swamp water on her, then, then the tail, then comes, the tail back. comes back. Other than that, she's fine. <laughs> so, what is the game here? What is the game here? <laughs> you you play the Texas Ranger, and you got to stop her from from like jumping in mud puddles and all this sort of stuff, like because <laughs> I. She just can't resist jumping in muddy puddles like Peppa Pig, <laughs> except that she turns into a fucking swamp mermaid. Um, 
<laughs> Can we even make a game out of this? I don't know. I'm trying to think but it's how it would hilarious. It is hilarious. It is hilarious. I just want to. I want to. I kind of want to try to figure out how you would do it. Adventure game logic. <sighs> I mean, yeah. I guess so. It would just have to be sort of. Oh, I've got the perfect thing. It's a match narrative. three. <laughs> I did think. Of, I honestly did think of that. <laughs> we haven't done that. We haven't done that. Like cop out for ages. <laughs> <laughs> it's not always a cop out. In this case, it would be a cop out. <laughs> um. <laughs> well, now I'm just thinking how the match three works. It's like don't don't. Build up, don't match too many swamp water cards because that will turn her and you'll get. Well, it's, a ton it's, of, uh, it's like, um, you've got a time limit on this one because you got to, you got to clear out all the, um, you got to clear out all the rancid swamp water. Otherwise, you know, the mobsters will, will work out who she, will who realize she is. Who she is. No, all right. I, that's fine. That'll do. <laughs> okay. Fair enough. <laughs> Three, two, one, baby. It was a fun idea, but I'm not sure where. Yeah. Anyway. No. Inside man. <laughs> Sorry. The way you said that, it's like- Reminded you of Matt Barry? <laughs> no, it didn't. It was more just like, I would I would have said inside man. Yeah. Because it's like a man on the inside. But you said it like inside man, as in like you're inside a man. <laughs> it is inside man, but inside Inside man. man. <laughs> yeah. Uh, nocturne. Hmm. When an armed masked gang enter a Manhattan bank, lock the doors and take hostages, the detective assigned to effect their release enters negotiations preoccupied with corruption charges he is facing. Sounds boring. Yeah. Um, this one is inside the halls of an elite arts academy. A timid music student begins to, begins to outshine her more accomplished and outgoing twin sister when she discovers a mysterious notebook belonging to a recently deceased classmate. Inside him. Inside man. Inside man. Yes. It's a man who can go inside things. <laughs> How did you get inside there? <laughs> None of us can go through a doorway. Um, <laughs> in a world full of- like, In a world where no one can go through doorways. <laughs> it's just like- I- I'm picturing nothing's actually sealed off or anything like that. It's just like huge archways that- that- yeah, there's no inside in this world. The inside is like out of space. It's like the the unknown. They've never been able to explore it because they can't make themselves go through doorways. That's just too stupid. So let's just go with the notebook was found inside inside oh, their, their their like classmate. Uh yes. I I got really dark with it actually in my mind and started Good. and started like thinking that. Whatever, whatever started happening, the reason, the the way she's finding the this text that is is making her more skilled is that it's like on the inside of her skin that she like is peeling parts of it back and reading. <laughs> that's maybe that's, uh, that's too far gone. But yeah, that's just horror movie situation. I don't know if we can go there in a game. Whereas. Coming across a dead classmate, and they've got like their their belly is kind of n- not quite neatly sewn, but it's, it's sort of like there's a little bow, and they pull it back, and it's like there's a notebook inside. Like, <laughs> why would you pull them? Because <laughs> it's you a present. It? <laughs> um. Okay. Is it a rhythm game? <laughs> 
Um, like a gory body <laughs> horror rhythm game. Why not? Let's let's go with a gory rhythm horror. It's like you you if you stay on the beat, you're kind of holding back the the urges to vomit and that sort of stuff. So it's sort of like yeah. if you do badly, then you then you feel more nauseous and more sickly. Start bleeding and- from the eyes and yeah. Um, I like that. I like that a lot. Like yeah, I'm trying to. I'm, I'm, trying I'm sort to- of thinking the the type of. The type of rhythm game that I'd like this to be is more of a, you know, Elite Beat Agents or Ostaka 2 Windon. Yeah. Uh, rather than a Guitar Hero sort of game. Cause you could, yeah, you no, could I don't do- think it's a Guitar Hero sort of game. I think it's more around, yeah, I mean, that was, you could do it in VR like that, actually. Because, I mean, the thing with Elite Beat Agents is, like, it was on the DS, so you had the stylus, and it was very much, like, moving between, or, like, tapping and then moving, but also, like, doing slides between um, uh, points and stuff. Yeah, but doing that in 3D of a tap, bang, and, like... Like, yeah, like dr- o- moving opening things around, dragging things around. Oh, you're saying you're actually trying to move around the environment in the thing. Yeah, maybe. I do I do like the idea of a gross horror rhythm game. I'm just trying to figure out how to get there. Stab down, open up, pull that guts, pull that guts, pull that guts, tie it in a bow. So, like, you're trying you're trying to just, I mean, just doing interactions on the beat in VR could be interesting. I don't know how broad you could make it before it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I guess if you've got a goal, because then you're almost doing like, uh, what was it? Fucking like office, um, office simulator. What was, is that what it was called? Yeah, job simulator. Work, job simulator, but in a gory in a way. Gory way yeah. Um, which, I mean, that, yeah, could work. Be fun. You could come up with lots of little things like that. Yeah, I'm just trying to figure out how that would play out. Um, I do like the idea of, like, you miss a beat and you just- You see in VR on your arm, like, weird boils starting to, like- Your skin starts to bubble. <laughs> I know. I, I kind of like the idea of if you- Like, you were showing me that game the other day. I can't remember what it was called. Where you- Metal Hellsinger, yeah. Yeah. So, you can miss beats- but I think that each action that you do, it has to be on the beat. Like, so it doesn't. Well, yeah, I mean, it doesn't have to be. I've got to open up, open up the cereal box and eat. And I guess it eat, depends on where that. The thing is, like in mental health, thing, that's fine. You can miss beats, but the the change there comes from um, you do more damage if you attack on the beat, and then you've got like combos, so that if you don't. Do well first, you know, if you do things not on the beat or you just leave it for long enough and don't shoot at all, then your combo meter starts going down. Um, so I'm just, I'm trying to sort of figure out how that could play into. I mean, it, it, it works well that, you know, as you're doing these things, like if you in, in this room, you've got the, these are the things that you're actually doing and stabbing the person and going down and all this <laughs> sort of stuff. Um, if you do it on the beat and you get the combo going, great. You're going to, you're going to get a high score multiplier, and it's like you know you can go you can go so on a leaderboard. Like rhythm, rhythm murder simulator. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right. I think I think uh, I think let's move on. Inside man. Inside man. No. Oh, I got another Pixar film. No. Nope. 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 All right. You got something? A perfect world. 1993. Mm. Monsters Incorporated. Um. I don't think we do a fucking, like, Pixar Monsters Incorporated tie-in game. I think we maybe take the idea of 
Monsters Incorporated as a title mm-hmm. and bring that into something else. Maybe maybe not the synopsis of a kidnapped boy strikes up a friendship with his captor and escaped convict on the run from the law headed by an honourable US marshal. No. So, so I'm going to click again. Well, 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 I mean, we could we could potentially just use the titles here as prompts. Yeah. Yeah, it might, it might help a little bit better. Uh, let's just go through some of the dodgy ones that I've got so far. Barbie of Swan Lake. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe not. It could just be about Ooh. a barbecue. There's a movie from 2019 called The Room. Um, Kate and Matt discover that a part of their house can grant, can grant wishes. In the wake of two miscarriages, what they want most is a child. That sounds, uh, what that it, sounds difficult to do as a game. Yeah. Uh, good kill <laughs> in the shadowy world of drone war- warfare. A combat unfolds like a video game, only with real lives at stake. I, I mean, maybe look, I, I, I think I like the idea of taking Monsters Inc. and thinking, okay, what could a company in a, completely putting aside the Pixar movie, a company called Monsters Incorporated? Like, what is that? Okay, let's. And then we could bring in we could bring in elements of some of the like of another movie you got. Like, maybe it is around uh, remote controlling these monsters mm-hmm. or something. Like, they actually create these creatures. Like maybe almost in a cabin in the woods kind of way. This is the company who creates te- creatures that go and that are remote controlled to go and haunt, like to go and scare the shit out of and kill teenagers at <laughs> uh, at summer camp. Okay, Monsters Incorporated is definitely a, a factory in which they create monsters. Yeah, yeah, I think we're both on in agreement there. Yeah. Now, well, yeah, the reason why they need to create these monsters is. Uh, population control. Okay. So of humans of humans. Like it. It turns out that the Earth can only sustain so many people. The best way that this, I'm, I'm picturing a billionaire. Uh, I mean, probably that's who would do it. Yep. He realized taking it upon themselves to you know Thanos was right. And yeah, it's a totally immoral position, but you you are now in charge of. Thinning out the herd. Of 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 creating these monsters to kill people you know, on a large enough scale. Now, I I don't mind being a little bit like uh, now I'm sort of saying it, I'm sort of going, maybe maybe, you know, you can take monster to be a lot of things. And then I started thinking, no, that's that's just kind of a bad idea because you're kind of going into like murder simulator sort of thing, and that's Right. Yeah. No. I think it, it needs to be. It's because I think this is universal horror like, monsters of you. You're creating vampires. Yeah. Potentially. Yeah. And monsters under the bed. Because like yeah, we definitely need to take. This is obviously a satire of what a billionaire like fucking Elon Musk would probably do. He'd come up with some stupid idea and then make it happen. Um. And so, and, and I mean, we could bring in elements of. As you realize what you're doing, you like turn against it or something. Oh, I don't know. You, you could you could bring in some actual moral morality there, so that it's not just a game about uh, fulfilling the evil whims of a billionaire. But I think you can make it sort of wacky enough and and silly enough that it's not too jarring that you're literally wiping out mm. huge numbers of the population. Um, because then I'm I'm sort of thinking of like oh over time you 
you research or you build up new monsters, like in your, you're almost building your way all the way up to like a kaiju style, you know, Godzilla esque creature that's going to be able to, you know, take out thousands of people all in one go or whatever. Yeah, before being taken out themselves, because you know some of these yeah. vampires that you've created earlier, they were kind of st- st- stupid and didn't think about. Oh, don't stay out after sunrise, like, and they get burnt up. Like, they only yeah, killed well, one or two people and didn't even turn them into vampires themselves. Like, yeah. Well, because I'm almost th- like, I guess it's how abstract you want to get with this. Like, I'm almost picturing this as, as a, like a plague ink, but instead of diseases that you're sending out and have very, you know, various effects in different places of the world, it's, oh, you're strategically sending out. You know, vampires to the right place. It's like, okay, I'm going to send vampires to Iceland, but oops, I sent them in the wrong part of the year. That's it's sunny the whole time, and yep. they all died. But if you send them in the other half of the year, okay, they're going to do pretty well. Like it's sort of st- being strategic about where you send which different types of monsters. But maybe they did too well, and then you don't want people to understand it, so you create a Van Helsing uh, to go and go and right, take to out like the counteract. Yep. Yeah, yeah. So it's, I mean, for one, that will. That will abstract us a little bit away from actually seeing humans being massacred. On, yeah, but you know. it, I, I like the idea of it being that kind of like, I mean, I haven't really watched many of the latest series of The Boys, but uh, Vought at the end of the first season, like, we're, we're basically trying to engineer, um, you know, bad guys so that they're, they're yeah. good guys could fight against. The idea being that they engineer the good guys to to fight against the bad guys so that they not find they're not found out as such. Like I think we're both warring with our own consciences. Yeah, no. consciences, con- conscious consciences. consciences. That's where I was going. Consciences here because we don't obviously don't agree with like mass genocide. Um, however, but however, <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> There is, I suppose, something to be said for a satirical view of a billionaire trying to do this and being strategic about where to send different, uh, you know, nonsensical monsters um, across the world. And then, yeah, like, getting to eventually build up enough whatever money points to manufacture kaiju and Mm -hmm. different huge creatures. Yep. Um, I really like the kaiju. um, it's, (laughs) It's very much, you know- that's more for the for the Japanese audience. Like that's where they normally attack. So, <laughs> traditionally, yeah. like, well, no, you can't you can't send it to to Japan because they know how to fight it off. Oh, true, true. <laughs> They've seen enough Godzilla movies, but it's got to be a harbor town, like a harbor city. So maybe, oh city. yeah, yeah, yeah fuck sure. City. They won't know what to do with when fucking the giant lizard comes out of the harbor, takes out the uh, takes out the takes out the bridge, um, takes out the bridge. It's the opera house because yep. it looks like a big tasty taco or nachos. Yeah, nachos. Yeah, um, and then you could have like you, you could have it that well. You can't you can't just repeat the same things because like that area learns how to fight against them. Like uh, they start building up resistances and and the people are fighting back against uh, against these monsters and and sharing information. And you know by the time you get to the end game, it's you basically. It's an apocalypse, like it's a post-apocalyptic world at that point, but with all these super strong monster hunters out there all, <laughs> like, fighting off your creatures. Yeah. So, you know, sending bunyips to, to America, like, they wouldn't know what to do because, 
you know, it's not part of their folklore. Yeah, that's it. And, send- drop bears over. and sending a Jersey Devil into into Japan, like, that's almost perfect. Uh, you could go down so many different levels of, like, everyone knows the classic movie monsters. So, what if you tweaked it a little bit? That it was a vampiric werewolf. What did you? What would you do there? Like it's. <laughs> well, exactly. Well, that and that's sort of where I was getting with the plague ink thing because, like, in that, I think that's the one I'm thinking of. We like engineer the virus, but like that you, you know, you can choose different ways for these monsters to go and give them different abilities, but then they get weaknesses as well, uh, which could just be randomly generated. It's like, oh, like I've got a, a thing from the swamp that. Like a swamp mermaid goddess that, uh, <laughs> Jeez, but she, you, you know, you, you is, came is, up with that one just off the top of your head. That's yeah, great. But she's sensitive to silver or whatever, or, you know, like it's, it, you take all the elements from all the different creatures and they can be randomly applied in different ways. Mm-hmm. I like that. But three, two, one movie. Yeah. Oops. I did a uh, words. Oh, well, that one's too. I can't do Shaun of the Dead. No. I mean, I guess we could even, and just take it into a completely different direction, but I think it's too. Um, yeah. The long kiss goodnight. Then came you. So, our character has a long kiss goodnight, and then their partner came. Like. (laughs) (laughs) That's not where I thought you were going with that. (laughs) Um, I mean, yeah, this sounds like a romance Mm. of sorts. Um, what's a... It's an interesting way to play out a romance story in a game that hasn't been done. That hasn't been done. I mean, I know that's a big ask. (laughs) Match three. Um, (laughs) Okay. (laughs) The entire thing is kind of like the insult sword fighting from Monkey Island, but it's like- um, It's It's like flirting. It's flirting. So, it's it's all about saying the right right punchlines to- to like open like lines, pick up lines. <laughs> <laughs> maybe this is like a um, a pretend Tinder esque app on your phone. Mm-hmm. It's a phone game. Yeah, did we do that already? Do we tell a story through that? I don't know. Anyway, um, in a you know like Emily was away or Emily's away or a, that that style of game. Yep. Uh, where you're, yeah, you get to like swipe left and right until you get a match, and then it furthers the story through like chats and sending photos back and forth. Um, and then, I mean, it could change up. You could bring in different elements. Then of you go on a date or whatever. Now you're not in. Now you're not in the app anymore or whatever. You you know you change up the gameplay uh, to match three uh, or something, but. <laughs> Yeah, you have to match up the different wine. You have to match wine to determine how much you drink on the date. <laughs> Did you forget the condoms? <laughs> yeah, I mean, exactly. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> okay, it, it's like you 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 accidentally spill out your purse on onto the ground, and it's like the match three is you you like putting all the things back in your bag. Getting all the things back. <laughs> matching up the three lipsticks and mints and <laughs> coins and things. <laughs> it reminds me of the of the idea that we had ages and ages ago about like a match three game, but you didn't want to match three because then the then that thing disappeared. Like <laughs> <laughs> Right. It's like a Tetris thing where 
Yeah, you make a line and they all disappear. It's yeah. like, ah, oh, fuck. I wanted that stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I left that gap there for a reason. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, three to one movie. We've got to go again. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Can't finish on that one. This is going off the rails. I'm, yeah. Oh, God. Oh, God, no. No, none the one. <laughs> this isn't even about what it sounds like, but I'm not doing a movie called Crypto. Mm-hmm. Was it like cryptozoological? No, it's a young agent is tasked with investigating a tangled web of corruption and fraud in New York. I don't even know where crypto. No, I mean probably just cryptography. Probably. Two thousand and one's The Glass House. Okay. Do you have you ever seen that film before? No, it's a thriller. No. When Ruby and Rhett's parents are killed in a car accident, their carefree teenage lives are suddenly shattered. Moving to an incredible house in Malibu with the glasses, old friends of the family seems to be the beginning of a new life for them. Where the family's name is Glass? Yes. That's a cop-out. It's a very good movie called The Glass House. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, well, I got Follow Me, which looks like a horror from 2020. A social media personality travels with his friends to Moscow to capture new content for his successful vlog. Always pushing the limits and catering to a growing audience, they enter a cold world of mystery, excess, and danger. When the lines between real life and social media are blurred, the group must fight to escape and survive. Look, I, l- I like going with horror. Again, I think horror works well. What if this is a reality TV show where they are literally living in a glass house? Mm-hmm. Uh, like, in that, you know, in a sort of Big Brother-esque way, but, like, the gimmick is- Anyone, anyone, the, the the public can just see from the can see in any time they want. See in, but they can't see out. Oh god, it's all mirrored on the inside. Yeah. <laughs> um. Okay. I, that could play out in interesting ways. I know. I'm, I'm now. I'm now getting the the feel of like, what if what if the games in this Big Brother esque sort of house. Yeah. So it starts off that you're doing these these sort of menial tasks and all this sort of stuff. Then one of the days, like Big Brother's just silent, okay, and everyone's just going going along like like normal. And your character is is like talking to other people and going, "Have you noticed that we haven't had a task today?" and all this sort of stuff. And some of them are just like, "Oh yeah, yeah, it's probably just a, a mind game." Yeah, but it's it's like you could you could play with that of. Like, you go into the diary room and- Is it a survival game? <laughs> well, I- I'm just wondering if you go into the diary room and, like, the door's open. Or the- one of the exit doors is, like, cracked open. A-, a jar. Cracked open a touch. Yep. You could you could have a bit of fun with, as you go towards, like, the door just gets shut. Slams shut and then it's locked, yeah. And you could really play around with, is, you know, is- this still being filmed? Is this still, you know, being broadcast to the outer, outer audience, or has there something more sinister been going on? And yeah, I do like that idea of yeah, because the glass house big, kind of makes me big think brother of going mirrored. You know, they can yeah, we see take that more as a metaphor yeah. thing, maybe rather than a literal glass house shot. <laughs> uh, I do like I do like playing with the the reality TV Big Brother sort of thing. just obviously you don't call uh, it. You don't call it no, Big no. Brother. You call it the Glass House. That's it's like large sibling or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you call it the you call it the Glass House for sure. That's the name of the show. Yeah. Um, and you can just do and like you- some simple things of you know you're you're having conversations or you got other people having conversations. You got to make meals. You got to like do yeah, a task. I think you make or it. So. I think you make it 
um, a cross between like an adventure game and a survival game almost. Like I do actually like those survival aspects of there in there of at, you know, different times of day you get home, you do have to make meals, you're running out of food and you don't know of any ways to get it. Like it's not, it's not a survival game of like scavenging for food. It's, but it's, you have hunger and thirst meters and the pantry's getting empty. And, and you guys haven't won a task. Jeremy, like, cause Jeremy's been a dumb little prick. Well, and, and he's been like eating all the cookies and, and, you know, we don't know what's going on because we haven't heard from. And his whole rational, rationality large sibling is, in two days. is literally that, oh, large sibling won't, won't make us like, won't let us starve. Yeah. It's fine. Like, it's all just a mind game. Like, they're going to give us food soon. What do you, like, cause you think they're going to let us starve. But yeah, you keep seeing all these like creepy things happening and Okay. So I think at one stage Jeremy gets killed because fuck Jeremy. Well th- th- I think first he gets evicted, but without any like the usual fanfare announcement or whatever. He's just he's just gone and like all his stuff's gone mm-hmm. and you just assume that oh this is like a thing they're doing, they're evicting him. But then his body turns up. Yeah. In the pool. Like it's one of those retract yeah. one of those retractable things. Like, oh yeah, yeah. You know the backyard opens up and there's the pool. Is like and his body's just floating in it. Like yeah, and all his all my stuff is there. <laughs> <laughs> all his stuff. All, yeah. all all his stuff is literally thrown in the pool. And then it's kind yeah. of like a a who done it within the like you get. Well now yeah well now it's just a mind fuck of like. Is this part of the game somehow? Like, is this, is someone, someone taken over the game? Are they messing with us? Is, is there some, is there a mole? Like, is there someone in the house who's working for them? Because like, we haven't seen anyone come and go. Mm. I'm, I'm loving this already. And then a different sounding big brother comes, comes on board and is like, okay, oh, yeah. housemates. So then it becomes like a jigsaw. Yeah, but it, it can, it can just be not in that, not in quite that way, but it yeah. can just be like, it's a different sounding thing of you know they're trying to make it make it sound as though this is part of the task for the week you know but the tasks do start getting more and more hazardous yeah and other people get evicted throughout the game and you end up being like one of the last one of the last three three and you know there's food but it's like it's mystery meat and you're cooking it up and all this right yeah the the food starts getting really weird and and non yeah non-specific yeah, that's cool. I like. I like okay, that. so let's come up with an ending for it. Okay, I don't. You have to literally throw a stone through the glass house to get out. Yeah, because I, I, I smash. The I like the idea that all the stones that you pick up in there are literally just rubber, rubber balls, sort of things. Like it's, it's so fake. This entire place. There's nothing. All the, all the metaphorical stones. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. But maybe there's like. So yeah, there's there's nothing heavy enough that you can manage to smash it through. Yep. And I'm, I'm picturing this as like first person just because we yeah. talked about sort of the survival aspect. So yeah, I think you can just pick stuff up around, like throw it. People will react if you throw stuff around. Yeah. And I'm thinking simple cooking mechanics and that sort of stuff of, you know, being able to pick up, pick up an ingredient yeah, and throw it in the pan like, and put it in the pan. It cooks. You've got to take it off the right time. Yeah. Uh, having, you know, things happen at night, like you, you fall asleep and then you, you get maybe a view of like, uh, in a vignette sort of thing of someone watching cameras. And then you get yeah. a vignette of you see Cheryl sleepwalking to the kitchen and like opening up the fridge and, you know. Right. You see like the night vision camera, yeah. you know, view of the cameras. Yeah. And it's just, 
different people, like different things just sort of get picked up. You go for, you know, two days without hearing from Big Brother, then you're hearing from him again, but it sounds a bit different. And yeah. sorry, yeah, I think large, just, large just, sibling. Just ramping up the tension, basically, just the creepiness of it, the weirdness of it. Um, until obviously Jeremy shows up dead and now you're like, oh, fucking like, this isn't right. And now it's how the fuck do we get out of here? Because all the doors are locked. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like you don't have anything hard enough to like break through the mirrors. Um, and the only way to get food in the house is by completing the tasks. But some of the tasks yeah. are getting a bit yeah. Yeah. fucked up. Yeah. Like- so your hunger meter is, yeah, that's how you do it. Yeah. That's cool. Because- Literally, is like, if you're not going to play the game, then you don't get any food, then you will starve. And the idea is yeah. that, you know, you get to a point and you can, you can almost script it that, like, you, they're gonna, they're gonna find some sort of food and it could just be moldy. And it's like, I, yeah, I know, I kind of like the idea of, you know, they you're not gonna die as such. Like, you could make it through the entire game without eating anything, but you start to hallucinate or, and you get more- Yeah, yeah, something. More horror I mean, like yeah, that. You can kind of- You can do it a gamey way. Like, yes, you're actually going to starve within, you know, a week or whatever, but you can't get up out of bed or something. Whatever. Yeah. Um, like, you could also have- Like, you get called into the diary room and you get the opportunity to backstab the other people in certain ways in return for food. Yeah. Or other things. Uh or in la- in that. the late part of the game, or in return for weapons, like <laughs> yeah, it just becomes full Hunger Games by the end. I know you could play a lot with a psychological horror of you know, did you really see that that hand on the on the inside of the mirror? Oh yeah, like and it's yeah, one of those things yeah. that you you see it and you come back and it's like no, it's not there, or you get too close and it's like just slides down and then disappears and it's like <gasps> that's cool. Yeah, there's definitely some fun stuff you can do. We've done a lot of horror stuff tonight. Yeah, but I think movies they they lean into horror quite a bit. I kind of want to go a little bit further into this if you don't mind going a little bit longer. We can keep going a bit if you've got some more. Yeah. So some of the, some of the things that I would like to see is like. Because, of course, you got some of the cameras inside the inside the system. Yeah. Uh, that inside, are following you or other people. Maybe maybe you've got, like, a, a part where you're trying to sneak through the garden and it's like you're waiting for the for the camera to sort of move enough and um, yeah. potentially you can you can get uh, Cheryl and someone else to uh, have a have a bit of a have a bit of a discussion a fight or something or just make a distraction you see see the camera go over and therefore you can sort of sneak around the outside to yeah um be able to hit like a switch that opens up you know uh the tool shed or something like that like obviously there's Mm. something in the tool shed that you can usually get out of and well you could even have it that like you get to a certain point where from a gameplay point of view like if you are out of view of any cameras you get a like, a, like big brother, large sibling comes over the thing. It's, it's like, you know, can, can, can Janet please, uh, Janet needs to make her way back into view. Like, you know, you're, you have five seconds to comply. Yeah. And so you know that that's a factor and you know that that's a thing. But yeah, that you find something like that where it's like you, do, you only, there's something you can do in those five or 10 seconds. Or it's, uh, it's enough that, you know, they're not, paying attention to you because they're paying attention to this massive fight and you may get an extra 20 seconds on that and then all of a sudden they realize right before they notice yeah yeah 
Yeah. I know. I, I, I love the idea of the glass house being, you know, being this uh, sort of reality show with, you know, obvious big brother connections with the diary yeah, room and all course. this sort of stuff. Like, you play on those tropes. Um, but yeah, I like that as a concept for sure. Yeah. And then you can, then and- you can, I do like the idea that you don't get a choice as to, you know, you're not putting anyone up for eviction or anything like that. People are just getting evicted, like, and it's mm. it's one of these things that is like you don't have to go through, you know, the the gaminess of, you know, oh, I'm making an alliance with the with these people. It's like people are being are being kicked out of the kicked out of the house, and yeah, I mean, you could almost do it. You could almost do a bit of like because it could be fun to have to vote, and you could almost just have some like slightly branching. Things where, like, mm. it's almost just what order they come, they get out in. And so, like, one character may or may not be there for certain events or something. Um, like, maybe, you know, bringing in a bit of the, like, until dawn kind of things or, like, those sort of aspects of it where it it, it just might play out slightly differently if different characters are still there or not. Um, I like that. Just to give that player a bit more- Agency. A bit more of a feeling, yeah, like they've actually got some agency and having and are, are making changes. But yeah, like knowing that when you evict someone, like they're getting killed or probably, you know, like could be an interesting thing. You could even, like, by having random tasks coming up and that sort of stuff, like hmm. the replayability could be there and seeing who you can, who can have survive. And well, you could have different characters, different characters being good or bad at different types of tasks as well. Um, and then you're having to be strategic about like, oh, fucking, you know, Billy is terrible at these types of tasks. And we've been getting a bunch of them. Like, we need to get rid of him so that we can actually win these things and get food. Yeah. They, yeah. You could bring in some more of the actual, like, Systems based stuff there too. Yeah, I like it. It's cool. I really like yeah. it. Yeah. All right. But I think that is all we've got time for tonight. So if you would like to find our previous episodes, you can go to podchaser.com slash bitstorm and uh, check them out there. Have a listen. Leave us a review, a rating. We'd love to hear from you. Yes. If you like the music that we play at the start and end of each of our, each of our episodes, uh, from what episode 13 onwards, I think it was, it was Matt Defiance off of the, off of the album Containment Failure by the band Kuradust. Just look for kuradust.bandcamp.com on your. That's right. Web, uh, web browser. Web browser thing. <laughs> yeah. The, the webber, the webifier. Yeah. That's right. So thank you again for joining us this week on Bitstorm. I'm Ben Slinger. I'm Trevor Scott. And people who live in glass houses shouldn't throw stones. Unless there's a. Creepy murderer or Creepy large m- sibling after you. Or a swamp mermaid goddess outside who you need to hit with a rock. 